0: Okay, we began learning last week the Seif of Yamda D'Akecha, which I believe is a, an absolutely monumental um, taking all of our limudim for all of these years to a very, very special place of practical and a way of living, a way of thinking day to day. And the mavo, the the introduction to the sefer, is the is sort of all of the avoda that's going to follow, which is the crown of our avoda Hashem, Hatanud <laughs> being able to experience great joy and delight. In our vote session. and we're on page Gimel, the first page, and in the uh, at the end of the at the end of the note on page Gimel, the question that the Mechaber was dealing with is a very very well known. A very well-known one that many people struggle with on different levels. It's the issue of lishma. There seems to be, on the surface, there seems to be a contradiction between between our understanding of what it means to serve Hakadosh Baruch to serve Hashem lishma, entirely for selfless reasons just to be Avdasha and and the and the what seems to be the basis of all of our vital all of our Yiddhishai is to be able to enjoy, to have pleasure, to have Tanic. Tanig pleasure is something which we see, we feel is self indulgent. Sounds like something that is uh, for my personal benefit. So how does that go together with how does that go together with with our Hashem Lishma? So what we were learning last week at the end is that the the mitzvah of of us anag al Hashem doesn't in any way contradict the yisavd of one's avodah being pure. The meaning of avodah, we were learning last week, means when the person's basis or his motivation of all that he does in serving HaKadosh is for himself. And that's the underlying, that's the underlying um, energy that drives him in his avodah Hashem Is for the self, but as far as the avodah being one of tamedug, so we were learning the marshal of a father who has given his son um, a gift. The father certainly wants the child to enjoy the gift. If the child would only use this gift, because he wants to, he wants the father to, he wants the father to, to. uh, to be pleased, but he himself doesn't really enjoy this, the child himself doesn't enjoy this, it means nothing to him, then there is something to be said regarding his loyalty and faithfulness to his father that he wants to please his father. But on the other hand, that's not the toughness of the father. So we're on the bottom of page, of page Gimel on the note. So what's the simon? What's the simon? So he writes, the correct derech is that the that that the child enjoys. That he enjoys the gift that his father's given him. And if he's not enjoying the gift that his father's giving him, then something is wrong. But what the child should be should feel is that even though I love this, this is great, this is the most beautiful thing that I have in my life, this gift from my father, but the ikr is that my father has, has nachas. The ikr is, Masha'aba Sameach Bahanasi. And my father's greatest joy, my father's greatest joy, is seeing that I have, that I'm enjoying, that I have simcha. Mm-hmm. There's a, famous, there's a famous word from Kedushas Levy. Actually, uh, I think, yeah, there's a beautiful song from Yosef Carduno also. Soz osis basha. And the soz osis basha Soz g'nav shi So Kedushas says, sois my greatest joy in life is osis basha. Is that I'm able to bring joy to Hashem. Sois my sois my simch osis basha. That's the greatest simcha that I could have, is that I give nachasurot, nachasurot. and that's the, that is the ikr <coughs> of the pleasure that a Jew has. So is us is Does that mean that he doesn't enjoy the gift that Hashem gave him itself? Chas v'chalilot. And he says, <laughs> the next page, <laughs> Imlaha So how does one know? How does one measure? How do you know whether your Avada's Hashem is lishma or is not lishma? So the question always is, Imlaha, would you do this if you didn't enjoy it? Now there are many many khara that we've seen, and maybe we've all experienced some in our lives that when there's something that we don't enjoy in our Hashem, so we don't do it, especially when it comes to learning. If there's a particular area of learning that one doesn't enjoy, or there's a particular mesachta that you don't feel like you're getting, uh, you're getting uh, the pleasure that you would like to get out of it, you drop it. With learning, it's, it's we're going to talk a lot about with learning how that how that uh, comes together. But but when it comes to certain mitzvot or certain minhagim Yisrael. If a person doesn't enjoy that mitzvah, so he doesn't do it. And I've mentioned this many times over the years. I've had people tell me that you know, tefillin doesn't work for me. Tefillin doesn't do it for me. So, so obviously, in those situations, it's not. It's, it's often not as, as 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 obvious. But in those situations, if a person's avoda is is lishma. Regardless of whether it gives him talmud, it doesn't give him talmud. He perseveres. He does not So this is a way of testing oneself. Would you do this if you didn't have any talmud? Are you continuing on with this mitzvah even though it does not excite you? If you're not doing mitzvahs because those particular mitzvahs are not enjoyable to you, it's a siman that 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 your, what motivates you in your name is Hashem. Is time is pleasure. It's okay to feel that you don't have pleasure from that particular mitzvah. That's 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 normal. We're going to talk a lot about that. That's okay, but if that means that you're stopping it, you're not doing it, so that's not okay. But if a person continues, continues in his avaida, even though. This is a this is a particular thing that does not give him pleasure. And Kol Shukain, when the person when he does this mitzvah, it's the It's the opposite of having pleasure. Look, when it comes to something like raising children, just as emotional when it comes to raising children. So, almost almost every girl grows up. Not guys, but gr- girls grow up thinking like there's nothing that's more exciting, pleasurable, cute, and fun than having kids. And you'll talk to like, uh, you know, uh, an 11-year-old girl. She said, no, I want to have like, I want to have 15 children. They're so cute. We have so much fun, right? And of course, Lamaisa, she has her first child. And she, Chazal knew that she's very swearing. She doesn't want to have any more children. She's had it. Just having the kid, you know, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that it hurt so much. And then, besides uh, having the kid and raising the kid, and then the kid doesn't turn out to be cute, you know, just turns out to be a huge headache. So then, it's a besides the disappointment, it's a, it's, it's a very very rude awakening. The only problem is you can't walk away from that. It's not like walk, it's not like you know not going to school or, or not putting on film. Who's going to take care of the kid? But there are many many people that emotionally they walk away from that. They walk away from the kids. Because now it's, no, it's, not, uh, it's not giving me any pleasure. It's not the kid that I wanted. It's not the experience that I expected of having kids. So I'm not getting any pleasure from it. <clears throat> now all it is is lishma, Just for its own sake. And responsibility. Responsibility is very unpopular these days. And doing something smart is not very popular either. It's just not popular. People are very, people are very, very much driven by talent, by pleasure. And they're in everything in life. They do is for pleasure, and when that kid's not giving you pleasure, you walk away from the kid. Not not abandon the child. That happens sometimes, but little, But emotionally, you walk away. You just you, you know, this is not what I expected. It's not what I was hoping for. It's not what I wanted. This kid is not. Didn't turn out the way that I wanted. <clears throat> so that means that one's entire one's entire. Ingenuity uh, of having children is not lishma. It's for tani, It's for it's for that enjoyment. That what does this child? What does this child do for me? What do I get out of this child? You can believe how many times I have these conversations with parents when they're discussing difficulties they having the child, and 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 during the conversation, uh, I, I have to try to steer things back to the kid. Because you you called me or you came to talk to me about your child. But this guy is all about yourself. It's all about you. It's what you're not getting out of this child. It's how you're not, how you're having difficulties and how hard this is for you. You're not talking about the kid. I thought you wanted to talk about your, your son. I thought you came to talk about your daughter. You're talking about yourself. So it's it's, it's a, sometimes it's a very subtle difference and, and, and one doesn't notice it and and thinks that this is pure parenting when it's just about your happiness it's not about parenting it's about your own personal happiness and it's the same reason that you didn't want to go to school and the same reason that you don't want to take care of your kid or that you see that the problem that your kid has is, is insurmountable there's nothing to do with this, with this child and so on and so forth you see that there are parents that lo, lo, they have children that have special needs and when you want to see you watch these parents because these parents oftentimes don't have the tonic that we have from our children, they're not able to have the tonic that we have from our children because those kids are not able to give them the, the usual type of tonic, although I've discussed this with them, and they'll say, "No, I have unbelievable tonic. That's just another reason why these are amazing people that The tonic that, the that they have from these children, even though even though we're we're sitting and wondering like what do you get out of this?" Your whole life, all you're doing is giving and giving and giving and you get no time. Child can't go to regular class. Child doesn't perform in, in, in a regular way. Doesn't act in a normal way. Every, every place you go, it's just you're taking care, you're taking care, you're taking care. And what do you get out of that child? What does that child do for you? It's not vital ishema. It's not unbelievable, not vital ishema. So that's how one knows. That's how you could tell. Let's go back on top. Page dollar. Does everybody have a sefer? So you don't have. We have it upstairs. Okay. Now let's go to the other extreme. If a person, if a person doesn't have any hanor in his avodas Hashem. And he does it purely because he's obligated. He is like a person who has received a special gift, a beautiful gift. And he doesn't want it. He doesn't really want it. He has no interest in this gift. He just, he just makes it an effort. He tries to use it. Just because he respects and he honors the person who gave him the gift. So, besides that, that's a bizarre to the one who's given you the gift, even though he might not know about it. But in the case of Hashem, Hashem knows about everything. But the iku is that it reveals that the Meqabal doesn't really know what it was that he was Meqabal. He doesn't know what is it that he received. He doesn't know. He doesn't understand the gift. It's like giving, you know, you're giving a, a caveman a computer so you know, he, he goes, okay, this is this is uh, you know, he uses it to knock things in, you know, to, to knock things into the ground. That's what he uses the computer to knock things into the ground. And he, and he and he and the person who gave him the computer um wanted to open up this caveman's uh, this caveman's life to all the wonders of uh, technology. And the caveman just knack, uses it to knock in a nail or something, he doesn't have nails. He's just knocking things with this. He's, you know, beating up a bear or something with his computer. And the whole time he's thinking, you know, I, I'll do this because he's watching me. You know, I want to make, I, I love the guy. I want him to know that I, I want to know that I, that I'm um, using the gift that he gave me. But seriously, there's much better ways of knocking. He could have given me such, something much more handy than, a, than this flat, you know, uh, laptop to knock things into the ground. That only means he doesn't understand the gift. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to use it. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't understand it. It's a whole different world of how to use a computer. It's not a hammer. And if it was a matter of knocking things into the ground, then a hammer would have been something which is much, much more convenient, much more effective. So he doesn't understand the gift that he got. He doesn't doesn't know what this is. He doesn't know what it is. (laughs) If If we're not enjoying our tefillin, if we're bored, and we see it purely as a responsibility, as an obligation. Because uh, whatever, I don't want to go to Ghana. Or, or I, you know, I, I appreciate that Hashem you know, gave me my, my my neshama back today, so I'll, I'll do my I'll do my and I'll put on film. Besides that, to be baruchu, Besides that, to be It just means he doesn't know what is. He doesn't know what the So he's using the tefillah to knock something into the ground. He doesn't understand what what is is. If he would know what the are, how is it possible that he's not enjoying them? How is that possible? If, one's not, if a person's not enjoying davening, it means he doesn't know the gift that he got of davening. He thinks the davening is like, you know, I got to say these words because uh, he'll get upset at me or I don't even know why I have to keep on telling him he's like great and awesome and powerful and all this stuff. I like why he needs these things. All the misunderstandings about davening, but I'll do it. I'll continue doing it. It just means he doesn't understand it. Like he doesn't know what this gift is. If he would really know what this what this mitzvah is, if he would really know the gift that Hashem gave him, then how is it possible he's not enjoying it? We used to when we were kids. We used to sit in the in the back of the shul. F- Friday night, we sit in the you know back of the shul, and Shabbos we always davened. That's when we were really getting like teenagers. We sat in the back with the guys. And then uh, Shabbos, Shabbos davened with our fathers, and then and then uh, already mincha shalasudas. We come upstairs in the middle of shalasudas and then sit again in the back, and we're just hanging out there waiting for Shabbos to end. And there was different and that was starting that, that should, because sometimes the old chevro would, would take too long, so guys would, would down and finish to finish up early. We all have places we wanted to go to, lots of Shabbos. And Shabbos is a matana that comes to us from Hashem's, from Hashem's geniza, from the deepest, deepest place of Hashem's love for us. He gave us the gift of Shabbos and, 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 uh, and we're waiting for it to It just means that we don't, under, we don't know what Shabbos is. We don't understand what Shabbos is like, like cavemen with a computer. If we would know what Shabbos is, if we would understand what Shabbos is, we wouldn't be able to part from Shabbos. We wouldn't be able to let go of Shabbos. And it's not just because when you get older, <clears throat> so Shabbos is now so much more enjoyable because you hate, you hate work. That, that, that doesn't mean that you're a big lover of Shabbos because you, you get a chance to sleep for 14 hours. The greatest lovers of Shabbos have, have difficulty sleeping on Shabbos because they don't want to use up the time of Shabbos to, for going to sleep. Not after lunch they, they their wife has to wake them up for men. Go, honey, honey, the sun is setting. That that's not that's not mean, that doesn't mean that you love Shabbos, because you look forward to Shabbos every week. You look forward to Shabbos every week. This could be that you just like to fast and sleep. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that you love Shabbos. But you understand what Shabbos is. To understand what Shabbos is. So if you're not if you're not enjoying Shabbos, you're not asleeping in the eating. If you're not enjoying Shabbos in a deep way, it means that you—it means that you, first of all, to be zoyin to Hashem, who gave us Shabbos. He didn't give it to anybody else in the world. He just gave it to us to And and secondly, it means that that, that it means that, that uh, you don't understand what Shabbos is. You don't really know what you don't really know what this is. This gift that Hashem gave. Kilek the whole Torah. All of Yiddishkeit, Torah and Avadah Hashem, is sweeter than honey. is And the kids, our children can pick up on that from when they're very, very young. Whether their parents, the kids pick up very, very quickly. Whether their parents experience Yiddishkeit in such a way of Sufim or whether their parents' Yiddishkeit is a burden. It's a burden and purely responsibility. Again, it's important that they take it as a responsibility and that the kids see that their parents are makablai, all, oh, that they are people of responsibility. But if they see that that their parents' Yiddishkeit is purely about uh, responsibility and that their parents are not Jews who enjoy davening, who enjoy Shabbos, who enjoy their Yiddishkeit, so that sets a certain mahalach for them in their lives. It should not set on a certain mahalach. If a person does not feel that sweetness of Yiddishkeit, that shows that there's some mistake. He's making some mistake. There's something wrong. There's a mistake in his Yiddish guy. There's a mistake in his understanding of Yiddish guy. And his most basic understanding of who Hashem is, how we relate to Hashem, of what his children are, of what Shabbos is. There's a, basic, there's a basic mistake in his understanding. Look at Footnote Gimel. Naturally, a person always has to serve HaKadosh Baruch with Kabbalah soul, regardless of how he feels. Now, this is, this is where we, we, we get confused, because normally, when something is enjoyable, we don't feel that we have to work hard at it. When you enjoy something, it comes naturally. A person who really enjoys a person who really enjoys basketball, he doesn't have to force himself to the court. He doesn't have to have the coach saying if you keep on working at this one day you're gonna enjoy it. The only place where you hear that drush is when you're in school, you know, from your Rebbe. It's not like that when it comes to to, to, to basketball, or when you're eating, you know, you're having your favorite food. So nobody has to stand over you with your French fries and say, "Just keep on eating them. Keep on eating. One day you'll come to appreciate them." We so we always associate talmud with something that comes naturally. I enjoy something; it comes naturally to me. You hate math. There are people that hate math that from the beginning of their lives. Math takes away all of their simchas chai. Math just takes away the simchas And and you decide you're going to become a mathematician. Like after, after suffering through, through 12 years or something of math and you finished your regions or something, your last regions. So then you, then your parents ask you, what do you want to be? So you say, I want to be a mathematician. And so i this we paid like a million dollars in tutors. This caused you to become sick. You became like anorexic. You, you, you hate you, your whole life is miserable because of math. You want to be a mathematician. And the kid says, well, I want to be a It's a cabalosol. It's it's my responsibility to be a mathematician. So so in everything else in life, if something doesn't come naturally to you, you run away from it. Those things that you feel come to you naturally, you're good at, you enjoy. So when it comes to Yiddishkeit, we're not used to there being uh, a difference when it comes to Yiddishkeit. We're not used to to something being at the same time pleasurable, enjoyable, and requiring Amal via Amal via You know, you have people that do Meshuga for drinking, for alcohol. To me, the thing always tastes like poison. You make a Lachaim because out of, you know, you, I don't enjoy it, but you make a Lachaim because you're, you're, you want to say to somebody, and then a person will say to you, You know, you have to develop a taste for it. You ever hear that line?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To develop a taste for it. Mm-hmm. Ki'ilu, Ki'ilu, it's a pair of shabbos, that you need to develop a taste for it. Or maybe you just need to hate it and walk away from it. So if somebody is telling you about something that you don't like, in if somebody says to you something about something you really don't like, that you need to work at it. Watch out. If it's something in gashmias, like like if you don't enjoy sushi, something else that I, I mean I never tasted, so I can't say I hate it. But if you don't enjoy sushi and someone says to you, like a big sushi person, says to you, you you really have to work at this. The answer is why. Why do I have to work at this? What's the task of working at this? If the guy owns like a sushi store. And he's your best friend, and he gets insulted. He gets insulted. So then there are a lot of things that I ate growing up because my mother just was upset if I didn't. But the second I was done with that, you know, the second I got married, bye-bye. My mother used to force me to drink hot tea. She said that's very important. I hate tea. But my father looked at me and said, just drink. And that was the end of it. I just drank tea. There was no such thing as cherry tea and lemon tea. And it was just, back then it was just tea. And uh, like now, I, I hear the word tea, I get nervous. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, and, but made my mother happy. So I'm So it's not either. It's not either. To make your mother happy is a Hoseva thing. So I to make her happy. I don't want my father to be annoyed with me. So I drank tea. <laughs> but if someone tells you in Gashmir that this requires Omal you become very suspicious. And you should be. Why do I have to do this? It requires all of you to go, I don't have to do this. I don't, why, why should I do this? But if you have a guy that's married and he's got nine children and he doesn't go to work, and you ask him, why are you okay? How can you, like, why aren't you working? He says, no, I don't, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy it. Just in the Kabbalah, all. Because there are people that depend on you. That's Kabbalah's all. It's not a matter of how much you enjoy it. you got you to do it. Because there are people who need you and you're taking care of them. So we're very confused when it comes to this union of, of Hanar, pleasure. Especially our generation, which is driven by Hanar, by pleasure. Earlier generations, there were, there were much, much lower expectations of enjoying life. People back in the old days didn't expect that much pleasure. or, 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 or mm-hmm. Things that gave them pleasure were very, very, very simple. Very simple. Nowadays you get to the parents saying this winter, you know, kids were were, were planning a fantastic trip to, to Disney World, you know, to Florida or something. And the kids like rolling their eyes and Disney again. Like Disney again. My friend my, my friend went on a safari in Africa. You know, like I I I have my parents are such losers. We go to Disney. <laughs> go to Orlando to the same stupid five-star hotel and they're trying every year to come up with new ideas like for Pesach or, and for I'm still going to give the Pesach talk Even though so <laughs> we don't know, <laughs> know what it's going to be to come up with new ideas to give pleasure to give pleasure a hundred years ago if so many if to, Pesach, if the, Pesach <clears throat> if the teeth didn't break on the matzah by little Pesach it was a good year <laughs> Pleasure. Small things gave great pleasure. So with this Nakuda of Hannah of Tamud, we really, really messed up. This whole Sugi of Tan. We don't understand it. We don't understand it. So it's obvious that a person has to Tremendous 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 and to continue on with this Avada, even though you feel that it's mamish painful, and you feel the darkness doing this Mitzvah, you have to continue on. Kabbalah Sol. Ki kish'ein ha or Because when you don't feel any or any light and any tanug, Sarech la'avid mitach kabbalah sol. You have to continue on mitak kabbalah sol. It is forbidden that your emotions and your feelings should be koveya. whether you do a mitzvah or you don't do a mitzvah. It's forbidden. Look, we just laid into hell a, a short time ago. And there you have ace a time to love and a time to hate. And this farmer, Rabbi Nachman and others, said so he can talk about, you may tell us there are days that are good and there are days that are bad. There are days that you love Hashem, there are days that it's the other way. Not that chas chalil, a chas person hates Hashem, but there are days that you love doing this mitzvah, and there are days that you hate doing this mitzvah. Eis And all of life, all of life is lots of v'shaib, that there are times of running, there are times of returning, there are times of le'hov, there are times of l'sma. Ace there, there are times that for you to do something good, it gives you the greatest feeling of satisfaction, of shleimus, of shalom. And there are other times that doing this doing something good is Mammish Mohammed. It's it's a war. It's a war for you to do something that's good. And we have all of these these times in life. And and what someone else is saying is Ace Lehov, Ace is that you continue on, you continue on through whatever it is in life that you're obligated to do. That's in Ruchny's mitzh, taking care of your family and so on, doing the things that are right. Whether it's a time of ahava or whether it's a time of sin, you continue on. Now, there are those people who are going to use that, again, incorrectly. Let's say you have a situation. I'll give you an example I was dealing with this past week. A situation where there's a, uh, a young wife who is being terribly abused by her young husband. Terrible stuff. And the boy's Rebbe is telling her that uh, you have to continue on because marriage is about responsibility. And, and uh, the parents are telling her, and, and I'm telling her, and some close friends are telling her that this is way beyond responsibility. There's something that's very, very perverse over here. The therapist is telling her get out of this. this is crazy. She's in, a, in, a, she's in a, a, a situation where she's mamish being emotionally and physically abused. In terrible ways. And the, the, boys, the boy's rebbe gave her a whole speech. About how can you do this to Hashem and so on. And this, is, this is a terrible avla. And give it some more time. And so on and so forth. So it's not prostitute. When is this a responsibility? When is it not a responsibility? How is that, that rabbi using the, this idea of mitzvah in a way that's, that's no longer a mitzvah? Because Hashem's intention was not that, his, that, that this is something that should cause you to be destroyed and your life should be ruined and so on and so forth. So it gets very, very confusing. It gets very confusing. It gets ha natural that it comes to or to feeling, to enjoying or light. Hashem made the world in such a way. Shuhu bov elam, that it comes and then it goes. There's a teaching from B'lai B'lai Egon Pashas Noach that, that we've done a few times over the years. If you have Tara from and Labela Eggards, could I every year to go over this Tara? No, not in Tara it's an imri Amish. You have from Ablay Teresa and It's an Imri And there Rav Labela explains with brought in Rashi that that Noach was ma'min the He believed in what Hashem told him and he didn't believe what Hashem told him. And therefore, he did not go into the Teva. Until, the, until it was crazy with the rain. And he had no choice because of the flood. So then he went into the Teva. Then he went into the Teva. So, blabla is mamik and Imri is... What does that mean to say about Noach, who the Torah describes as is Sadiq, Tom hayibad the Barish Lam said, Aedus, Annoach, that he's is an Issa. So, what does that mean to say, Annoach, that he was Maman, the Enomam? What does that mean that he believed and he didn't believe? The Sub Sadduk brings it, uh, not Absadduk, the Blabla brings the Plesik and Tehillim, they be saying Zamir's, Amunim Noitzer Hashem. Amunim Noitzer Hashem that Hashem guards and looks over and watches emunim. So the Pasuk continues. First of all, what does it mean? Rabbi Lebel asks emunim in the plural. And then the, the Pasuk goes on. kolam goes on. That your heart should be strong, courageous, all those who have hope in Hashem the labeler asks, the Pesach says, Tzadik Amun is in the singular, that Sadiq lives by his faith. <clears throat> so why does it say amunim? What does it mean a Jew who has amunim? It's emuna. You have amunim. You don't have amunim. You just have amunim. So what does it mean? Amunim noitzeh Hashem. To have two faiths. What does that mean? Amunim noitzeh Hashem. So Blabla says a, a very deep thing. He says, Hashem is longing. Hashem also means waiting and longing. Hashem has a tremendous historic for those Jews who are ma'aminim What does that mean? It means you have a person who has a mona. But Leibler says, there are times <coughs> There are times that he's not on the same level with Amunah and he's having certain you in his Amunah, he's struggling with his Amunah and, and that person, despite the fact that his Amunah is not the way that it was earlier, he is He strengthens himself, he's himself, and he brings himself, he learns and he keeps on davening and he brings himself back to a place of Amuna. So when Rashi brings down from Chazal, Af <inaudible> the Noach, <clears> then Noah was a person, <inaudible> of small faith. <inaudible> he believed and he didn't believe. So Rabbi Label says, either he was a Jew that believed, a Jew. he wasn't a Jew, either he was a person who believed or he didn't believe. What does it mean, miktani amunah, <inaudible> And the Pesach says that Noach was a tzaddik, so it was a mimadrenu ma'amun. And Rashi brings down that unlike Avram Avinu, Noach needed Hashem's help in his arvarez Hashem. By Avram Avinu was a of his halach lefonai, that he was able to go on his own, and Noach needed Hashem's constant support and help. So the Labeler says that if you take the word tzaddik twice the word sadhik is the Gematria Amuna. Sadhik twice is the Gematria He Because so the meaning of amuna being in the plural is that there's the first shlav of Amuna, the excitement of being a mammon, and the avodah is with great pleasure and tonic on the part of this mammon. And then he goes through that time of a of, uh, nomami. It doesn't mean he doesn't believe in Hashem. It means that there's an in his Amuna. He became small in his faith. Mamen, there are days of Ace lehov and there are days of Ace lehov. and there are times of eno mamen. And the measure of a person is, during that time when he doesn't feel that Amunas on, on fire inside of him, he doesn't feel strong that Amuna, is he going to be in that place of chizku Hashem is giving chizku For All of you who have hope in coming back to that madrigue of amunah. That's why it begins in the pasuk, Emunim Hashem. Hashem has tremendous love for these Emunim. He calls them Emunim. Hashem calls them Emunim. And if label it, it says, Sadik is twice Emunah. Sadik doesn't mean—I mean, you have and the Tanya, is a person like that, but for ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of of the world, Sadik is twice the word Emunah. It means that there's the initial amuna and then there's the Nefilib B'Emunah. Then there's the falling away, that you don't feel it anymore inside of you. You don't feel it anymore inside. And Hashem says to these people, first of all, you, I want you to know I love you. And secondly, mm-hmm. Hashem. Hashem helps you, Hashem gives you, gives you chizid and support. That's how Rablabila touches up Noach. The Noah was such a person. Yitzhak Vorkas said that means that that the tzaddik is a person who believes even in those people who don't believe. That's what he said. Think about that. That's what the a tzaddik is. To, to, to continue to believe in a person who doesn't believe in himself. To believe in Jews who don't believe in anything. That's what he says the nini of is. is means mam, to believe in a person who is an imam. To believe in someone, even though he, that person has no shaykh, to, to believe in himself, you continue to believe in him. That's what Yitzchakot says. With tzaddikim, a took all the dinim in the world. With every word that they say, the ma'am took all of the dinim of the world. But that's what life is. Life is ace love, ace No, There are times of mom and there are times of eno mam. doesn't mean you don't believe in Hashem. There's such a thing as, as a tzaddik, a tzaddik b'monoso yechil. You have the, the tzaddik of the Tanya. That tzaddik, tzaddik Gomor is a person. The tzaddik Bemanosi Yechia, Muna is in the singular. Tzaddik Bemunos Yechia. The tzaddik lives by his faith. Singular. Tzaddik Bemunos Yechia. It's gewaldi. But then you have the average, typical person is Amunim Neitzeh He has different Madriges of Amuna. Ma'am and Compared to what I was yesterday, today I'm not a Maman and Hashem says to those people, And the and the the Rebbe of those the Rebbe of those are Noach is Sadiq, Mam and Veinu He wasn't a Tzadik, the Tzadik Gomur. He wasn't a Avraham Vino. There's a Mam and Veinu Mam. That's the So what he's explaining here is Kiteva Hagashas Arshu The nature the nature of of avodah is that it's the or the light is is above an element. It comes and it goes. It disappears. And there's a reason for that. We've spoken about all of these things many times over the years. The Tanuk T'midi, You might You might enjoy, you might be a person that enjoys the sushi, but if you're eating it all the time, then you don't enjoy it. Hashem so made life in such a way. Where the Tanugim the Tanugam are not medium. The, 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 the Tanugam, whether you want, whether you expect it or not, they're discontinued. A Tanugam, the pleasure that you have all the time, you just stop you stop feeling. If you're very cold and you go into a warm, nice, hot, warm room, then you enjoy it. The person who came in from the cold into the warm room, he enjoys that warmth much, much more than the person who just is staying in that warm room all the time, which has been in that room the whole day. The person who comes in from the snow and comes into the warm room—it's uh, Therefore, you can be the best person, and you are the best person in the world. But the, or that light is—it just sometimes it just disappears. I made in such a way. it's not your fault at all, necessarily. Because a kashbar who wants you to feel once again the warmth of coming in, of coming back, that second Madriga of Amuna, I that you should want it, you should long for it. Bone, there should be a Chachshus in the pleasure that you feel when you're able to come back to that. therefore, Therefore, it's poshut. Shagam So therefore. It's Poshet. It needs to be Poshet. Even though right now you're not enjoying this avoda, Nevertheless, you continue on with it. You don't stop doing this. But you wait until the time comes. Where Hashem opens up for you this place again. Again, He's only talking about things that are required. It's different when it comes, let's say, you've taken upon yourself a certain Chumrah. Not talking about that. That's a different discussion. But if you're taking upon yourself a certain khumra, a khumra, that doesn't mean you have to live with that khumra. It could be it's not for you. Okay. We're not talking about things that are not required. What we're discussing now are things that are required. If something is a khumra, that's different. That's different. Oftentimes people take upon themselves a khumra, so that they shouldn't have been taking it. It's not, it's not for them. Maybe sometime later in life, this khumra doesn't belong in their lives right now. So why do they take upon themselves this khumra? So oftentimes they have to stop doing that. It's not for them. Well, he's not talking about it. He's talking about things that are uh, that you have to do. And here is the test of whether or not you're a mammon. Are you going to continue doing this misfit during the time that you're an eno mammon? Again, it doesn't mean God's people, your you mamas don't believe, but it means that you're falling. Are you going to continue on when you're eno mammon? The kamu nemon line. And as you know the word emunah does not only mean belief, it means loyalty. Are you going to be loyal to during a time when your emunah has fallen? And not abandon this mitzvah or staying away from this haveyver, even though it's so difficult for you. Even though it's so hard for you. I will now this is all talking about a person who is mom in beno There are good days and bad days. You may tayv, you may rap Avlim kol However, if one's entire yiddishkeit, torah, ein ba it's dark. You know your entire yiddish is 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 dark. There's no or. You There's no Ur in your yiddishkeit at all. It's not mom in venom It's not good days and bad days. It's not enjoyable and then less enjoyable. All of Yiddishkeit has become just a big all, a tremendous burden. This needs to be investigated. What's going on? Then we're talking about some serious error, misunderstanding. Like Rabbi Nachman, I always tell you, remind you that Rabbi Nachman said to that person who who was uh, not keeping Yiddishkeit, that the, that the God that you don't believe in, I also don't believe in. It means that you're not, you're not an Ebed Hashem. You're serving something else, but it's not God. Again, you don't understand then what Yiddishkeit is. If you, don't have, if you have no pleasure or enjoyment in your Yiddishkeit, it means that it could be that God forbid, he's saying, sorry, it could be that you don't believe in Hashem. That could be, but you don't believe in Hashem. And it's very, very frustrating and miserable doing a million things for somebody you don't believe in. If you never have any gishmak from Davening, that's a serious problem. If you don't believe you're talking to anyone, after a while, it becomes very, very hard just saying thousands of words every day. If you don't believe you're talking to anyone, or if you don't believe that he's listening to you. So at some point, what he's saying is that this person whose entire Yiddishkeit is is without any tonic at all, any pleasure at all, Without any or at all, it's all you may sinner, it's all enaman. So then then that Saragh b'dika, then it could be we're talking about something which is seriously, seriously flawed, in his understanding of Yiddish in his Amuna Bhlal. And and that's another reason why in our times, unlike in earlier days, in our times there's a huge, huge need to have Limudim in Amuna from an early age in the yeshivas and, and at home to teach the kids the basics of Yiddishkeit, meaning what is Amuna, Who is Hashem? In the earlier days, it wasn't, it wasn't something was, that was so important. Why is it that in the early days, there was this natural sense of faith? The whole world in the early days were, was filled with Amuna. But when you're living in a time when, for whatever reason, having simple Amuna is a huge struggle, and, you're, and you think that your kid, you expected your kid to continue on doing these things like you're, like, the, like the grandfather did back in the state. And you do, you try to do, it's not working. The kids nowadays, since especially because, as we said earlier, they're very, very pleasure oriented. Much more so than we are, the older generation, and certainly than the older, older generation. The kids now are, are doing everything for pleasure. They're doing everything for pleasure. So if the Yiddish guy gives them no pleasure at all, and to expect them to just move on with it, to continue on, and then you can tell your kids, "Listen, I never like this stuff, but I do it like so. Why don't you go to shul?" So you're trying to wake up your kid every Shabbos morning. You got to go to shul, and the kid says, "I don't, I hate it." And you say, "Nowadays you say to them, I also hate it, but you got to do it. It's not going to work.' I also hate it. Well, okay, do, You got to go. Your, your grandfather went." your great-grandfather went, they went through the Holocaust, they went to the, and they went to shul. So you have to go through your struggle with uh, you know, coming back late from the movie or something. You have to go through this and get up and get up to the And the kid says, I, I hate that. So Kabbalah is always working less and less and less. And tzach bedika that's what he's saying. That's why nowadays, if you don't teach the kids about Hashem and what it means to have, how to use the computer, you're in big trouble. In the old days, if you didn't teach the kid how to use the computer... He didn't understand what it was about. He just kept on doing it. The most basic feeling of, I'm an Ebed Hashem and there's a God and, I'm, and, I'm, and I work for him, was enough to keep people going. Nowadays, it's not enough. The kids are much, much more in it for pleasure. Than not, and if they're not getting the pleasure and they don't understand what on earth this is about, why should I do this? And you haven't explained to them why they should do this. They're going to drop it. They're going to drop it. So everybody gets all excited because there's a whole bunch of Geshmaki guys that they might enjoy learning. That doesn't mean that necessarily enjoys Yiddishkeit. The same pe- the same guy that enjoys the black and blue he's the best guy in the year could be that that, that that he's busy with his computer at night doing other things. It's not a riot at all anymore. It doesn't mean anything. You have many many people that I know that they, they love learning. It doesn't mean that they're elohid. It doesn't mean that they're from people. It just means that they love learning. That doesn't necessarily guess they, that doesn't mean that this guy loves davening or he loves doing mitzvahs. It doesn't mean that he has a deep connection to and Beru. Not necessarily at all. Just that he has pleasure in his learning. And learning comes along with other stuff. He enjoys his learning. But oftentimes, a Rebbe can easily make a mistake. This kid, he thinks, is, is, is on the track of being a, a Tzadik just because he has pleasure learning. I know many guys that are completely off of Yiddishkeit, and they were great learners. There's plenty of people like that that they are totally finished with Yiddishkeit. Even, even though, to this day, they'll sit without a, without a yarmulke and they'll talk and learn there's one guy in particular that I, that I know <clears throat> and that I have a very strong kesha with for years, and he loves learning. We talk and learning a lot, but he doesn't keep shabbos, doesn't eat kosher. So it's not the same as it used to be. You have to be very, very careful with this. Kabbalah soul is not as simple as it used to be. Okay, but as Hashem? We'll continue.